recording. Look at us. A bunch of professionals. <laughs> it's like we're sponsored. Oh, man. Sponsored by Pair Computers. Ass. You ever watch those? Um, Sorry, are you wow, talking about like really... Zoe 101 and yeah. Drake and Josh when they had to do Pair instead of Apple? What's the guy who likes feet? Uh, what, Dan oh, Schneider? Dan Schneider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. guy who likes feet. Serial <laughs> groomer. Yeah. Wow, this is grim. <laughs> <laughs> morning welcome to a bonus bonus episode of don't feed the artist i'm hagan i'm jackson and we've been talking about this episode i was <laughs> i wasn't even sure it was gonna happen it's you know like uh, i don't know i i mean i wanted to do this episode for a long time i just i, I you know i just uh uh I, one, thought that movies just come out on streaming services now. Yeah, that's how it should be, huh? Uh, And so uh, whenever, like, we originally planned to do it, I was like, oh, I'll just watch West Side Story the night before. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. It's nowhere to be found. Yeah, as soon as you texted me that, you said, I'm so sorry. And I was was like, oh, it's okay. But a little part of me was pissed off. Just a little part. I was pissed off. I I was like, I was like, like, like going to the deepest, darkest corners of the internet and I couldn't find West Side Story anywhere. That is not something that I feel like you should have ever had to say what you should have done. What I would have done in that scenario was uh, watch the, what is it? 60 57 oh but no. I, but I've i would have watched that. that well i would have watched that and pretended like oh. we were talking about the same one and then tell you at the end hey i didn't listen to metallica i listened to megadeth <laughs> well i'm glad that i didn't do that though because i'm glad i watched this movie yeah so we're talking about the movie musicals that came out last year in 2021 uh we're talking about west side story dear evan hansen and tick tick boom these are the ones that we promised we would uh talk about and then just life got in the way yeah and uh what what are we leaving out uh in the heights we did an episode on Mm -hmm. that so if you're like oh what about in the heights well there's an episode we did that and my computer broke that day Ooh, i forgot you had the slippy screen (laughs) slippy (laughs) Slippy screen exactly exactly. also have pictures of that on our instagram if you want to see the slippy slidey screen that day was so frustrating at least in the heights was good (laughs) uh so we're gonna uh uh, start off with west side story yes uh so this this movie is directed by steven spielberg and screenplay 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 by tony kushner i don't know who that is he works with steven spielberg a lot so like he's like he's one he's like his writing buddy basically that makes sense um i can't remember what all they've done together but they've done a fuck ton of movies together so he's one of those like elton john types where uh what's the guy who writes all the music or writes the lyrics oh god i don't fuck uh, it's like bernie right oh which are, are you talking about for this for like, no i'm uh, talking oh. about elton john's bernie Sanders? writers no not bernie <laughs> it's bernie topin bernie mac yeah no well no <laughs> bernie topin or taupin is uh elton john's writing partner okay if you didn't know that i elton didn't john does not write his own lyrics okay bernie topin and it's been this way from the get-go yeah and um it's like rush i don't know what that means <laughs> neil pert writes all the lyrics oh no yeah. but like yeah elton john writes the music but not the lyrics yeah and yeah the, They've always been super transparent about that. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. We should throw that in Dave's face next time. He's like, well, you should write your own music. He's like, well, fucking Elton John, dude. It's true. That's true. I digress. Uh, and so the um, uh, the original of uh, West Side Story, the music was done, uh, was written by Leonard Bernstein and the lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. Um, was so, this one of Stephen Sondheim's like first things? Yeah, it was one of his first things. And it was definitely one of his first things because he just did the lyrics for it. And I like, mean, he, sadly, he 
passed away like three days before this premiered apparently yeah plus we'll get to it later but the tick tick boom stuff with him too is very True. sad too so yeah very tragic in relation to steven sondheim but also more than anything proves that i mean he did leave just an incredible uh legacy behind him yeah like many things this was uh delayed uh by covid uh and you know it ended up coming out so we're really happy about that. Yeah. Uh, do, are you familiar with West Side Story? I would assume that that is a resounding yes. Yeah. Uh, I really uh, actually normally don't like West Side Story. I find it to be kind of boring. This was my first time seeing yeah. West Side Story. I didn't know anything about it. it. This was this was overall like a really great version of West Side Story, and I was only bored some of the time. Um, I, I do you think, think that's a was because of the movie or just because of the just because material? of the play, just because of the material. Like yeah. I find, like like the like the Officer Krupke song is like really fun and like what? That's like my favorite song. It's that a great was song. So fun. It it's wasn't a, my favorite song, it, but one of them. It's a really fun song, but I find myself like like things that take me out of the plot in, in a story like this kind of kill me. And I understand what it's there for, but it just is like, uh, I don't care. Uh, I don't know. But um, but it's a good song. It's just not like it's 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 what takes me out in moments like this. And they put it in a different spot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, and then uh, I mean, I also know West Side Story because I sang somewhere um at my senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I do I do like a lot of the music, and it's mostly the Tony and Maria music that I like a lot. Yeah, that's something's coming. I yeah. mean, Ansel Elgort. We can talk about whether or not he we'll can talk about sing. That. Yeah. But um. I went back and listened to the original movie uh, adaptation of this, and man, that that song is just, it's a classic, and yeah. I had never heard it before, so I'm so happy. Um, but yeah, as I said, I had never, I'll, of course I know it. It's like Fiddler on the Roof for me. Like I know that there is some a play, mm-hmm. is it a musical? I don't know, uh, called <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof, and I know it's very famous, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I hope one day too, and that's how I felt about West Side Story. I have a what I call my uh, um, Broadway shame or musical shame list, mm-hmm. and this was on it. And I'm really glad that I got to see it. This was I was really worried this was going to be a bad way to see it, but I actually think this was a great way to see it. I think I, I think that my biggest like like aside from the fact that I was, I'm normally not a big fan of West Side Story, I think my biggest like worry, even though Steven Spielberg is a great director, so I was like, is he going to capture the musical theater like essence the way that, like, because we've talked about it within the Heights, talked about how like when you, whenever it's a movie musical, you, it's hard to follow the action, right? When you're watching a stage performance, you can see, you can, like you can move your eyes around, right? And I thought that Steven Spielberg might be, might have that same kind of thing because he wants to get beautiful shots. But I only really encountered that a couple times throughout this entire thing. It was like, like where you couldn't see. Yeah. Where I couldn't see everything. Like it was, it was so like action centric where like the shots were, even if they were like wider or like, or tighter in on specific people, I got to see what I wanted to see. Yeah. And it was a lot of one shots too. Yeah. And that was a huge thing for me. That's what sent me over. I think I've already said this many a times of like, I don't think they should be making musical movies. Uh, I think it's nice for like accessibility of like Broadway or just going even in your, like if it's on tour uh, locally to go see it, uh, like financially is limiting for a lot of people. So like, it's nice to have options where you can pay 10 bucks or just watch it on streaming, that kind of thing. But as just an art form, I don't think the theater the stage to screen translates well. So I was very hesitant of, uh, you know, oh, really anything. And then where it really came into play for me of like, oh, this 
this is different was like the dance at the gym where mm-hmm. like it's very easy to focus on like okay one couple dancing and now we're on to another couple dancing uh but he had all these shots where he's kind of like a pulled back and you can see the whole crowd Everyone. dancing yeah where i'm just like that's what i want yeah and he did it in a way where it's not like a, oh he set a camera there um it was in a way where it's like, this doesn't feel like he's pulled back to allow me to do that. It's yeah. just organically. It, and it, that also happened when they were doing that. I think the song's cool where they're uh, fighting over the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another one where it's pulled back enough to where you can watch the people in the background if you want, because like that, that's what's really nice about theater is like, it's not always just the person in your field of vision yeah it's always the people in the back that kind of stuff and and the thing too with so like so with the with the 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 gym dance scene um that and america i think were the two sequences where i was like finding myself just like in awe of how like these shots just like gathered action and it wasn't like i i wanted i could see everything i wanted to see this is the only movie i feel that has done this yeah. like I, even like and i think there are better musical movies sure. in my opinion but I genuinely think this is the only musical movie that I've seen where I'm like, oh my God, like I can choose what I'm watching. Yeah. I'm not through the eyes of the director. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go. I want to go back to your, you're talking about boy, boy, crazy boy. Uh, is that, I don't know the name of the song. It's the, it's cool. The, it's, it's, is that, it's cool. Yeah, the, I think so. The one with the, uh, the gun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. Keep it cool boy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So that song, um, the, the background dancers, like, I mean, they, I mean, all of them as dancers, but that was like, that was the big thing for me aside from how it was shot was the way it was shot was really important because the dancing was incredible. And that was like the most important thing for me for almost the entire movie was just like, holy shit, the action sequences and the dance sequences. It's so classical Broadway. It like, it it really felt like a reinvigoration of this kind of Broadway that we used to that used to be around a lot in the 50s 60s and 70s and then it's kind of shifted away and now every time we kind of see classical broadway stuff it's like oh yeah it's like we've 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 seen that before but with this it felt fresh it was really great yeah i was super excited about it so i I got to see this in theaters um and i really thought i was going to be going to a uh theater with i went and saw it with my mom and i thought it was just going to be us in the theater it was a sold-out show. Granted, wow. it was one of the smaller theaters yeah. there, but I was like, Jesus. Over the holidays too, it, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And like this movie made no money. Like It, it was a $100 really? million dollar budget, and the box office, as it stands today, is 74.6. So, wow. It's a million, obviously. But yeah. that, the rule of thumb is that uh, you need to at least, at least double your yeah. budget uh, to break even. So, um, it's getting oscar uh nominations let's see i should have pulled that up but uh well the the i mean the big one is is uh, i was gonna save it talk about it later but rachel zegler zegler i don't know say her name but she's she she plays maria and she got a nomination and did not get invited to the oscars oh that's really kind of them did you did you see this no. she like outed outed them on like some instagram post and maybe it was on her story or something because i couldn't find the post but she basically was like I want to like. I hope that my all my castmates and like crew have a great time at the Oscars. I will be watching it on my couch in my in my boyfriend's uh uh, uh flannel because I was not invited. What the fuck? That's yeah. crazy. That's fucking wild. I don't like, and and there's no reason as to why. Um, but yeah, she's not invited. Yeah, that's fucking just crazy. Um, that being said, um, I since I knew nothing about this, 
I can't remember what song or where exactly it started or really makes sense to me, but I was like, oh, this is Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh, yeah. I had no clue. It was probably it was probably the um, uh, uh, the, the balcony scene. That might be it. Yeah. I, or, but even or it then, might have I been, don't think it was that. What, what, it was, for me, it's like the balcony or when they first lock eyes. Um, and what the, really cemented it. I had my uh, theories. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think this might be Romeo and Juliet. And then... What really cemented it was when they, uh, spoilers, got married at the end. Yeah. And I was like, oh. So this is like shot for shot Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And I was really hopeful that they would kind of change it up a bit and that it wouldn't be. And they did kind of at the end, like as in she doesn't kill herself. Yeah. And even for a second, I was like, oh, my God, she's going to do it. What the fuck? (laughs) Um yeah, but and that's not a bad thing, but I will say, like, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, so, like, I'm going to get a lot of shit from people who be like, yeah, you didn't know it was Romeo and Juliet? Like, no, I didn't <laughs> I mean, if you, don't, if you don't know anything about West Side Story, there's no indication that it would be Romeo and Juliet. But yeah, and, and then and then you see the, 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 the jets and the sharks, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and then you see the two, like, lovers yeah. on either side meet. They handled their, like their first time meeting very differently we're like in the on the stage production it's like they kind of like meet in the middle of the whole group and it's like this whole thing where like this time they like go they went and hid behind the bleachers and like had this really intimate moment together instead of like the whole world watching which i thought was really cool do you have a favorite song from this is it somewhere um it (sighs) and let hey let's actually change that to do you have a because it's my only frame of reference really do you have a favorite song from this version uh yeah, so I I think somewhere is my favorite song probably overall, but I think from this version I was pretty blown away by tonight. Um, tonight was where I was kind of like sold on. I, I don't know if it's Zegler or Ziegler. I should look that up. I think Ziegler. Sure. That yeah, sounds yeah. right to me. It sounds right, but it's it's spelled where. And anyway, point being, let's I'll I'll stick to Ziegler. Uh, it cemented the fact that Rachel Ziegler is the fucking star that she has. I mean, like what the fuck is her voice it's it's insane she sounds so good and the best songs i think i'll say tonight blew me away but one hand one heart was like the song that that was that was the marriage song i believe yeah and that is the song where um ansel elgord actually sounds good and we'll go to that we'll get into that but that was done live that one was done live that one somewhere and a boy like that we're all done live. I don't feel like he was a bad singer, but I don't feel like when you're surrounded by these people who are like just impeccably talented, uh, they kind of make it. It's that kind of that, that that joke they make of like, oh, like you there's the you always have an ugly friend to make you look hotter. <laughs> yeah, like that's shitty to say, but like well, it, it. I don't. He's probably not a terrible singer. But uh, he's he's fine. He's fine. Uh, his like uh, there was a lot of points where his acting was. I, I mean, I I'm, I know he's a good actor, but like I was pretty impressed by it. I thought he played it really well. Um, I think he was auto tuned in a couple spots. Yeah. Um. Uh, and but but in the live songs, for some reason, maybe he's just more focused. He was a lot better. Um, it's not a lame Miz situation where I kind of at the end of the movie was like, look, I really enjoyed it, but that thank god Anne hathaway was there <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a, it's it's a really uh, a, a really interesting like 
he was he was a cool cast. I did I did like him in it overall. His voice just wasn't as good, nearly as good as anybody else's. Um, everybody else had just just insanely good. And again, it's just this musical theater vibe. Like it's so classical musical theater. Everybody had these voices that just like really carried that drew that was like attentive. Yeah. Um. And 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 to keep talking about the cast just for another second, Mike Feist who played Riff. He was so good. And you know where he's from, right? No. He was the original Connor Murphy in Dear Evan Hansen. Intr- oh, okay. I see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking in what, and you, I saw it like afterwards, but at the, at the same time, he totally played a different character, like a totally different character yeah. really well. Um, and his, his acting, his voice too. I mean, just like, Totally, I, I, it was Mike Feist and Rachel Ziegler that stole the show for me. They were they were incredible. Yeah, um, I feel pretty when that came on. I was like, oh, this is almost a meme of a song. I know this song so well by this point. Uh, and that, they moved that around too. Yeah, yeah, they definitely moved around some of the sequencing, which I I have no frame of reference, but it didn't feel odd to me as a newcomer. Well, moving, I feel pretty to after the after the brawl was like a, a very intentional choice to be like, yeah. look how she's living her life in the juxtaposition of what's literally happening like on the other side of town, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess really if you had to get, let's just say, how many boroughs out of five would you give this? <laughs> you know, since we're in New York City. Um, I, I think I, I think I would give it like, uh, can, I go, can I go like really detailed with my number here? If you want to, I'm not going to. I'm going to go like 4.3. Yeah, so... I would probably, if I was going to do it that way, I'd probably be around there, but I I would give it a four. Like there are some like, yeah, like the spotty singing of, you know, one of the main characters doesn't help it all that much. But that being said, the cinematography and actually understanding the medium of theater and trying to translate it as best as possible. Yeah. um, As best as possible. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I just like, I was absolutely blown away by this i was shocked i especially from people like you who i and my partner as well who are like ah west side story sucks i love stephen sondheim but that one sucks um i was i kind of went into it as i tried as best not to have preconceived notions but from people like y'all i was like ah maybe i won't like this but i went in and was like oh this is awesome yeah it definitely i I think it helped me to not like west side story because i was ready to uh, you know i was like ah whatever i'll just watch it and it was great i think i think the my biggest thing that like i want to dislike but i ended up loving was somewhere being sung by um uh 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 uh, valentina is that the is that the woman's name like the woman valentina yeah. yeah um I think that was such a strange choice. And when it started, I was like, oh, and then at the halfway point, they're going to, they're going to cut to Tony and Maria singing it. Right. Cause that's, that's Is that what, how that works mm-hmm. normally. Okay. It's, it's, it's a Tony and Maria duet. Whenever you told me you sang somewhere, I was like, I don't give a shit that you're singing <laughs> a, you know, a female song. No, but it's a, it's a Tony and Maria duet. I was like, I know um, you can sing hi Hagen. But. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be like their song. They sing to each other is like, we're going to find our way together. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, I was like ready for them to start singing it together at some point, And, and it never happened. And I was like, this is, a bummer that I'm not really upset about because that was so beautiful. That it did, was absolutely beautiful. It, this uh, movie was pretty much as long as the stage. It was. Version. So yeah. like it, there were moments where I was like, I really wish there was an inter- intermission yeah. at some point because that helps you kind of digest things for whatever the 15, 20 minutes. But 
that's just something I'm used to yeah. when watching this kind of thing. Um, yeah. Shall we move on? Oh, and by the way, uh, we're aware of the allegations against uh, Ansel Elgort. Uh, so, you know, but that being said, uh, I'm trying to uh, just base this movie off the hard work of everyone else and yeah. not yeah. really, you know, shoot it down just because of one bad person on the cast because it, it really is an achievement and unfortunate that, you know, he's permanently on it. But that being said, uh, not trying to glaze over that. No. Graze no. over that? Glaze? Both? Glaze? Yeah. No. Glaze is right. I glaze think glaze is right. Is right. Glaze yeah. is right. I want a donut. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do the one that I think we're both least excited about talking about for different reasons. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. So this is directed by Stephen Chubsky, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. Um, the the ch and the b are too close to each other. I, the 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 Chubsky. Uh, Chbosky. The that's probably it. Chbosky. The the Wikipedia said Chubsky was how you say it. But, Interesting. But uh, it could be wrong. Just put an uh there then. Yeah, we changed how you spell your name. So he's famous for um, writing the Perks of Being a Wallflower book, and he also wrote and directed the film. Um, I didn't. Like, I knew that he did the film, but I didn't know he wrote the book, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the screenplay was by Stephen Levinson, who also wrote the the Dear Evan Hansen, like, book for the stage. Um, and then the music and lyrics by, I always know, is it Benj? Is can, it Benj? Can, can you help me here? What, can you, can you delineate? Music, lyrics, and book. Yeah. So, like, okay, what so, is all that? So, Benj, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul wrote the music and the lyrics. Okay, that's simple. I know what music and lyrics are. Okay, but what is a book? So, like, uh, like a libretto, which that is sounded like... really stupid. When that came out. <laughs> What's a book? So, uh, a libretto is like is like the stage. Like, it's like it's like the whole script. So let's say that. Okay. So, like, basically, Stephen Levinson wrote the script for okay. the musical. So, like, he puts together the whole idea of, like, here's the music and the lyrics, and I'm also going to write all, like, the like the dialogue in between, if there is any, et cetera. He puts it all together. Yeah. Did you see who also uh, produced this movie? Who produced it? Mark Platt. You know who that is? Uh, it'd be Ben Platt's dad. It's his papa. <laughs> yeah. Not that that means anything, but no. it is interesting. No, it doesn't. I'm surprised Ben Platt was also not a producer on it. Yeah. Um. So and we'll get we'll get more into Stephen Levinson in a little bit because he also has a part in Tick Tick Boom. Um. But uh, the the people who worked on this are all like I mean Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. It, it, Benj just sounds so weird. I want to say Benji or something. It's a cool name. It I is. like it. Benj Benj Pasek and Justin Paul are famous because they did La La Land. They did the, they did the lyrics for La La Land. I don't believe they did all the music. They did a couple songs and then they did everything for The Greatest Showman. Um, so uh, they did they did all of that. Um, so they're like you know they have a formula and. If you if you listen to Dear Evan Hansen, if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't listened to Greatest Showman, they sound like so similar. There's so many songs that are just like, oh, I can, yep, they're the same person. It's the same people. <laughs> yeah, which isn't a bad thing. Um, the the director for this movie, like I said, did Perks of Being a Wallflower, and um, it's very obvious that he's the director of Perks of Being a Wallflower when you watch this movie because it's just like he shoves down how sad this is down your throat. He's just like, just like, hey, this is sad. Be yeah. sad. So you had never seen this, correct? Like uh, any form of Dear Evan Hansen? No, I watched a bootleg uh, um, uh, Broadway performance. Okay. And I saw it when it was on tour. That was, the like I think, one of the last uh, things I saw before the pandemic started. So it, it holds a font like I, I had a, a 
two my two tickets to the show at my d- work desk, and then um, they at the end uh, they had at the merch table one of those little stress balls that was like an apple that said the yeah uh, orchard farm whatever it was called. Uh, so I, I do really like this musical, uh, like, and I, I hear all the criticism of the original musical, and I get it. It is, you know, kind of a, it's a weird, um, it's a weird just plot to put at people, regardless of the movie. That, that, that's just I think, weird. I think, I think that the, like, some of the biggest complaints that I saw, aside from what we'll get into, was that the plot was the plot. And I'm like, yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if we can really make that as a complaint here about the movie when it was already the complaint about the play. Like, it's a really tough plot to not only, like, kind of, like, battle, right? Like, I've explained the movie to people, like, or the plot to, like, the play in the movie. Like, hey, this is what this is about. It's about a guy lying to uh, this family. Yeah, a, a kid lying to this family whose son just, like, just passed away just killed himself yeah so let's let's back up real quick and i just i'm gonna you don't have to follow this rule but i'm not even gonna mention the ben platt looking old we all know that that's been done to death i don't care about it yeah because all my like at the end of the day whatever uh if he if he nailed it i would have been cool with it yeah all my complaints with this movie are regardless of the fact that hey he looks old right like you don't have to follow that, Hagen, but I'm not going to even mention it because I think that's done to death. You can watch a trailer and make your decision on that. Yeah. But I would advocate maybe you should watch some of the movie before you make a final judgment. I, I would say before we can, we can, we can the, the end of that age thing is that like it's a really like crazy thing to complain about in this context. I think um, like he was the original on the role. He, he knows the role backwards and forwards. And here's the final thing on that, which is – um like have you ever watched a teenage drama movie or show they're it's so rare they're played by teenagers also, sometimes he, they are he likely looked what probably looked too old when he was doing it on broadway yeah but here's the beauty of that they're far away unless you're on front row you don't notice that and even yeah. when you're in the front row like you've already bought in you don't give a shit yeah like if you're in the front row you are a fan or you are stupid rich yeah exactly so moving on from that like the i'm gonna get my negative out of the way yeah um i think i i really do like this musical i like the music i like the story and yes no matter what it's kind of a heavy concept um but what i personally think that they do poorly in this is that this is my example of that there it doesn't translate from stage to the screen um especially on the first song uh, waving through a window which a lot of people have heard at this point even before this movie um there's a lot of really cool stage design of like how they make it seem like this mu- this uh musical deals heavily with um social media mm-hmm. and so how do you do that uh on screen it's easy you can just edit in a uh, you know like text stuff like that but in the musical they had these kind of like screens that were up that like were glass so you didn't really see them until stuff started coming up yeah and they really worked that in well and it's not like this isn't one of those traditional ones where there's a lot of dancing like in hamilton they're dancing a ton uh and this one there's basically one dance number in both the movie and the stage show um but they're like any any wonder of the like the the, the wonder like the the mysticism, the mystical nature of 
a Broadway show is completely stripped from this movie. I think it is just like, and it was driven home in the first song to me of like, oh, he's literally looking through a window. Yeah. Oh man, he's sitting in his car. His mom is talking. He's just kind of singing, and it's like this feels odd. Yeah. This feels very like dour, and I I just didn't feel good. And I love that song. Like, yeah. I listen to that song so much all the time. I um I, I I we have to go back about the opening number because. Yeah, it's not the right opening That's number. That's not the opening number. That's like, okay, so... Which, I, if we're going to complain like if, if we're gonna complain about that, then we have to take back some of the stuff we said about West Side Story. So I don't think that's too no, no, bad. No, 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 no. I think the problem is is that they took out four songs from this. They replaced, they added two new original songs. Which, they always do that in these movies, and sure. you know why, right? Is it, is it, I don't know why. So they can get Oscar nominations. Oh, okay. So they can get Best um, Song nominations. Well, they did that in Cats. Taylor Swift oh, wrote a song. Right, right, right. They do it in every, and they well, did it in Les Mis. I forget which song it was, but what I'll they say, do that. What I'll say about it is that, like, the first the the first new song was good and it was placed in the middle of the musical the second new song was the closing credit song what 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 um and then so when you take out the one any, with sam smith no 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 maybe it wasn't the closing credits maybe it was like played maybe it was like it was connor murphy singing towards the end oh. but it but it was like oh that uh, phineas wrote that okay well i mean a and, little closer they're, and they're fine songs but the songs that they took out, anybody have a map? Good for you to break in a glove and disappear. Are like like especially to break in a glove and anybody have a map are give way more perspective for the parents. And I think a really big plot point for Dear Evan Hansen is his relationship with his mom. And the movie just makes it look like he's a like his his mom sucks until the very end when you like see more of a perspective. But she's more like apologizing to him yep. in that. And I feel like one of the best ways, one of the best things the musical does, is it shows like. His mom's working hard, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of evidence to that. So the musical opening up with the mom number is an is like a very great perspective like setter for the story. To break in a glove, showing like Connor Murphy's dad like trying to be a dad, not knowing how to be a dad, and having like this tough time with his kid is an excellent song. And like finally giving that relationship with Evan Hansen, whereas instead that scene with the glove was like a snapshot. It was done. What's so odd to me is like the two like arguably in my like the two actors in this movie with the most pedigree and in my opinion are the best actors in this movie, Julianne Moore and Amy Adams. Adams. They both have such like so little screen time. It's just like, man, why did y'all even get them? I bet that they fucking fired their agents after this. Well, and 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 the thing is, is that like that, that they, might be too harsh. They both they both have significantly larger roles in the in the stage production, yeah. and in especially Amy Adams, especially or, sorry Julianne Moore, especially yeah. especially uh, uh, Evan's mom. My big thing, and really my biggest critique on this movie, um, not the musical as a whole, but this movie is that in my mind. As I said, it's a heavy subject, but what I think the musical does well is it, I think the purpose of this musical is like, here's how people, here's how different people handle loneliness and Mm -hmm. like feeling like anxiety and that kind of thing. And even grief to an extent, here's how all these different people handle it. Here's how Evan Hansen's mom uh, she handles it by like throwing herself into her work, doing the best she can. Yeah. And then uh, Evan Hansen handles it in a way of like, hey, he's really he feels like stuck in this situation. And then like 
you know, he's in this lie, like a comical lie that like you only see in like sitcoms. Yeah, of, exactly. Like, yeah. Who talks like that? But like that doesn't matter. But he starts handling it in the way of, hey, I actually like this is starting to work out for me. So why wouldn't I lie? Yeah. And then obviously Connor Murphy handles it in the worst possible way. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's just that. And then the kids and all that kind of stuff of like, you know, handling grief of like uh, if, if a high schooler died and nobody really knew them, this would happen in a similar way of like, there would be that kind of thing of like everybody, even if it was an outcast, there's that grief of like kids realizing what mortality is. Yeah. Even if you don't know the perfect, even if it's not a football player. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, I think in regards to that, the one thing they did really well is the fact that Alana got an actual, like, she got highlighted in that a lot more in the movie than she did in, in, in yeah. the stage production. Um, Alana's character in the stage kind of feels, like, way too background-y sometimes, where in the movie she was, like, front and center a lot of the time, which was really great. Um, I, I, I do want to take a second, and I want to just talk about Ben Platt's performance because it is so good that it's bad at some, at some points. Um, what I mean by that is, and I will agree with some people, I had to sit on this one for a while because this, this is in a lot of like reviews that I read and I was like, I think this is being too harsh. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, I think that actually is true. His facial expressions sometimes, they look, he looks uncomfortable and I get it. And there's like in, um, oh man, no, what's the song? Uh, the one where he apologizes. What's that song called? Um, I forgot. But, um, whatever that song is uh he you know he's he's apologizing and then he's going and walking through the forest again and he's like sobbing and i was like in the performance in the movie i was also like feeling it but that song called for it right a lot of songs didn't need for his face to feel like he's like like look like he's trying to push out a hard shit you know like yeah and like also be crying while he's doing that and so like he performed his ass off so fucking hard that sometimes it's like and it, it in the stage, same idea, right? Like you're talking about earlier. You can't see that. You can't yeah. see how in-depth his facial reaction is because you're probably sitting further back. Or what he's doing is necessary because you need to perform to the cheap seats. Exactly. I almost said cheap sheets. <laughs> uh, but like you have to over overact. You have to make wild facial expressions. Yeah. And that might have been one of the issues of having been Platt of like, hey, he's supposed to be this and like that just kind of makes an issue but i don't remember his performance in um those uh acapella movies what are they called pitch perfect, pitch was, perfect. He, was he good in that yeah he was good in pitch perfect and and if you haven't watched the politician which is the show that he did with ryan murphy where he plays like a high schooler running for office connor for first, murphy that's it <laughs> um but yeah i mean that that's like a um like he's really good in that he's an excellent like on camera actor okay I just don't know what was happening here because because the thing is maybe would, he like reverted into like that mindset sure, of yeah. like oh this is like I I don't know how like if you do that for he probably did it for a year two years and that's like two shows a day yeah like that that's so ingrained he lived in and him. breathed that yeah yeah it's like he's writing and like they supposedly wrote that for Ben Platt mm -hmm. like he was pretty much involved from the beginning so like it's very ingrained and it's, it's riding a bicycle yeah it just and, came back and i would say that like i would say that like i would almost always rather them cast like not necessarily the original but like a broadway person in these sorts of situations if they can help it um like lame is an example as to why you cast broadway people and why you like shouldn't be casting russell crowe and things um you know 
like that's and like if, if you look at like the cast for for West Side Story, if you if you take out like uh, 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 Tony, if you take out Ansel Elgort, and if you take out Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, it's a lot of Broadway people. Yeah, and so that and and that serves the overall like picture so well. Um, so all this being said, the music to me still stands. I mean, like I yeah. do have some issues with how they kind of work around some of the songs, but like the music for the most part, it like just really good pop music and it was done live yeah which is like that if a, every, any movie musical that sings live if even if it's bad you get a you get a stamp in my book of like yeah. hey I think it's cool let your singers sing because like I that's like what that. they're supposed to be doing it's like it kind of t- it kind of kills it whenever they go into the studio and have to do it sometimes yeah so, so did you have anything else you want to say about this before we get into our rating um I, I'll, I'll i'll say that like uh when I watched it, I think that I was living, I, w- I was in a place where I was like, I just love this music and this story. And I was like emotional about it. And then the more I got to kind of like ruminate on it, I was like, yeah, this isn't very good. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the other thing I'll say is that this is longer than the stage production and they removed four songs and kind of added two. So it's a, it's a shame that this really is dumb. going to be the only way a lot of people will see it. Yeah. Um, so how many broken bones <laughs> out of five would you... <laughs> I was going to say apples, but that was lame. How many broken bones would you give this out of five? Um, and the I, more broken bones, the the better. That, that That's a good thing, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit nice simply because of the music, and I do love Ben Platt, even though I had, you know, whatever problems. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say like a 3.5. I'm going to be somewhere between a one and a two. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. really, I was in such a... The, the two other movies we're talking about put me in such a hopeful mood for mood, like mindset for yeah. uh, musical movies that I was just like, man, I really did want to watch this because I knew how people were talking about it. And yeah. then we decided to watch it for this and like it made me upset. Uh, I, I forgot to mention there was uh, one time there like it, it's like they are like trying they're going for that cringe it yeah. feels cringy at points, like when he's doing his speech and he falls over and knocks the microphone over. And keep in mind, this is at a a school memorial for a child who has died. Yeah. And like kids start pulling out their phones. I was like, nobody would do- have done that. Everyone would have been so uncomfortable and just been like, oh, sheesh. Well, well, and and like this is the like the biggest complaint would be because I was originally stoked on this because I do love Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, but that is the, I think the biggest problem with this is that he was the director. It's so cringy. And I just like, it made me so upset so that, yeah, I'm one is probably too aggressive, but a <laughs> two I think is accurate think, for how I feel. I think about after it. you watched it, you would have given it a one. Yeah. Like right after I've been able to go away from it for yeah. a little bit, um, yeah. to, uh, kind of end dear Evan Hansen with a little fun fact. Do you know who Ben Platt is dating? Oh no. I thought I'd, uh, no, I don't. I don't know their name, but uh, it is the person who took over the Evan Hansen role after oh, Ben Platt. That's funny. Which I think is just a fun fact. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll end it with that. That being said, the music is great. So if you're ever, if you're interested, just go. And if I would can, say if you can find a way to go see it on stage. Yeah. Yeah. See it on stage or just listen to the original broadcast broadcast yeah you can you can also you can like the bootleg version that i watched on is on youtube and it's not bad yeah the person who uh, who uploaded it like would if they couldn't get like a clear shot of what was happening they would like do animations That's so cool. it was really fun to watch um 
but yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a fun watch to do, and it's 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 like really short for a musical. Yeah, the movie is not, but the stage production is. Uh, shall we go into the last one? Yes. Tick, tick, boom. I had no idea what this was. You texted, uh, I think, the whole group of like, oh, we could talk about this. Yeah. And I was, I thought that you misspelled TikTok, and we're talking about, oh, the boom in TikTok. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what tick, tick, boom is. So it's the boomer way of saying on did, did you did you see that tick tick boom someone posted yeah. <laughs> uh so tick tick boom directed by lynn manuel miranda screenplay by steven levinson directing did, debut by the yeah way. yeah uh screenplay by steven levinson who did the screenplay for dear evan hansen and who did the book for dear evan hansen and for your future endeavors jackson is doing the screenplay for fiddler on the roof Yay. um and uh the original all of it was originally done by Jonathan Larson. Jonathan, this is a like autobiographical who did rent. Yeah. If you don't know who that is. Cause Uh, I didn't know who that was. It's an autobiographical uh, musical. He wrote, um, uh, about like, what was like a week in his life. Right. Um, uh, the, the week leading him up, him leading up to turning 30. Um, and so it was originally all like performed and written by him. Um, this is like, I I was, I was so excited about this because of who Jonathan Larson is, um, I don't want to go too deep into that because I think we're going to talk about that in a future episode, but Jonathan Larson not only was the person who wrote rent, but had an incredibly tragic and inspiring life. Um, he, he, uh, wrote multiple musicals was like kind of like mentored by Stephen Sondheim in his life. And then the, uh, the day of the premiere of rent, I believe, uh, he passed away that morning. So he did not get to see rent perform like, like, like he's not performed obviously, but not like actually premiered on stage yeah so i had never watched any version of this uh i assume there's there's like there's no version to watch yeah well (laughs) yeah you can watch like the youtube like like him playing a few songs and then they have those um that was the that was the performance of tick tick boom was like was was the way that the movie was set up was a jonathan larson performing the musical and that was how he traditionally did it was just him on stage. It's with called like a, like a rock monologue. Yeah. So he'll speak about his story and then he'll sing a song about what he's just talked about. And he'll have like, he has like two singers on stage in a band. And then. Um, so like a really good example is at one point in the story, he fights with his girlfriend at the time. And then they, uh, so if you, we were seeing this actually on the stage in New York city, he would, uh, talk about that tell the story and then would go into the song therapy which yeah. is just that um so there's um so there's the, there's like the only way you could watch it would be to find youtube old youtube videos of him performing this just like the once he performed it three times i think yeah um, a handful and so the what's very different about this is because it's not just like the rock monologue it's like instead of like the monologuing it cuts to that actual scene being performed by actors it's very obvious and it's because it's lin-manuel miranda and like some of his cast on this all the broadway people uh they have said i you know i know you're gonna hate me for saying this lin but you're our Jonathan. Like you're that yeah. guy for our generation. Like you say that Jonathan, uh, when he wrote rent, that's, that made you love musical theater, but like you're doing that for all of us. Yeah. And like knowing that, knowing how everyone thinks of Lemon well Miranda, it's not shocking no. when you hear like, Oh, he had access to archives. They were using Jonathan Larson's like actual stuff. Yeah. They, you know, the painstaking, the detail in it is just like, no one would know. 
But he's like, well, if this is going to be the quote unquote definitive edition of this, like I have to, yeah. I have to do it. And Andrew Garfield did his homework on Jonathan Larson. Yeah, holy I mean, shit, he, that guy. You should if if uh, if you haven't already and you've seen Tick Tick Boom, go see Spider Man. <laughs> you can find side by sides of Jonathan Larson doing these songs and and Andrew Garfield doing these songs and like the mannerisms, the way he's singing is just it's so it's like Andrew Garfield is a better singer than Jonathan Larson, which is hilarious. Yes. Uh, but and Andrew Garfield even like he learned to sing for this, but he like was he learned to sing in the sense of like he couldn't sing before, where Jonathan Larson was already a bad singer so andrew garfield used that to his advantage and was like he wasn't good so i don't have to be that good <laughs> yeah and and just for comparison for anyone who's like oh why like what do you mean like these side by side comparison videos if you remember when rami malik did the freddie mercury uh and they did the uh live aid performance in that movie and there's all those side by side videos where he's like doing the exact arm motions yeah that's how it is like when you watch these videos of him and jonathan larson you're like holy shit yeah it's not that you just kind of look like the guy it's that like you're actually nailing how he's doing things and there's like just little things of like apparently whenever lin-manuel uh he's the type of guy who uh whenever you're like oh i think this lyric feels weird what he would do instead of being like okay let me figure it out and then he'd come back to you in a couple days whenever he got it he apparently would sit there and be like okay work through the lyric in his head but what he would do is he would kind of like bite his lip haha lin-manuel biting his lip we all know the, <laughs> the meme uh and he would kind of like look up in his head so he'd be doing this thing and if you watch the movie Andrew Garfield started doing that. And Lynn was like, Hey, where'd you get that? And he's like, you, you do that. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, and, and like the, I, I think that there's so much to be said about like, you know, how exact and how much he, Andrew Garfield picked up. But at the same time, like his performance was just like, beautiful like yeah just the way that like like for everyone who loves the scene in the social network where he comes in and storms in and like that's andrew garfield's one of his best acting moments tick tick boom is like a thousand times the, the the scene where him and his girlfriend break up is like i i, I could watch that scene a thousand times and just get, continue to sob so the music i like i as soon as 3090 came in i was like i'm fucking in yeah. i tried learning it on uh piano so this is I, i've said this before but i think there's a couple of um styles of musical music i think there's the sondheim-esque where it's not concerned with writing a catchy song mm -hmm. it might be catchy at the end but they're not concerned with that yeah. that's just the medium on which they're talking to you so like you might have a song from West Side Story where it's just like, it sounds like they're singing, but it's like, it, it's basically a monologue. Right. And then you have the stuff like Dear Evan Hansen where it's like, I think from the get-go, they're like, well, this song isn't catchy, so like, let's throw that one away. Yep. And they're like, they want to write only pop songs. And that's in the musical, not just the movie. So like, that's, and that's more of a modern day musical thing. I think a lot of uh, modern day musicals are that. I think this, like Jonathan Larson's stuff, this uh you know musical and then also rent are very firmly in the middle where they have a bit of both and i will say this is a personal preference uh this is where i sit this is where i'm like yeah, yeah i want 3090 but then i want a couple of songs that like really aren't like uh, sunday's not the most catchy song but like oh but it's so good it's so good yeah. and like yeah i just like i want those songs that i can grasp onto but i also want to not be hampered down by 
it has to have a catchy chorus. It's, it's storytelling through music. And like traditionally, I mean, think about a lot of musical theater songs. Like you say the word chorus. I mean, there aren't a lot of like songs that have like strict choruses. Some of yeah. the best musical theater songs aren't written like the pop songs in Dear Evan Hansen. And also thinking about like the style in which that this is done and Rent. Part of the plot here is that Jonathan Larson is trying to write his first musical and he's trying to sell his musical and he's trying to make people like it. And so he's writing a very different kind of musical. He's writing rock. He's like, like it's not a rock opera because that had already been done by that, by that point. But he's approaching Broadway with like electric guitars and drums and it's very different for for like everybody involved so all these people who are like like his agents is like supporting him but also like maybe don't do that because you are talented and stuff like that um so he's going through this he's battling with this but this is how i'm gonna write this i'm gonna write it with this in mind um and the other thing to be said too about like it wasn't in like not always intentional to be like catchy melodies even in the uh uh like the song where they're sitting in like the apartment and it's supposed to be like this kind of like oh, like days. yeah yeah it's supposed to be like this not kind of natural thing it feels it's like that's been stuck in my head all day today because i listened to the soundtrack before we did this yeah. and i was like oh my god i did the same exact thing <laughs> on my drive here i just listened to it my uh my partner's cousin just had twins and they're like babies i think they're between one and two years old and uh she loves uh, her cousin loves musicals so she's like my go-to person and I talk we talk about musicals all the time and we're texting I was like have you watched Tick Tick Boom and she said yeah uh, the girls love boho days they sit there <laughs> and these just these toddlers look at her and go bo 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 I was like holy shit I don't want kids but like I want that that's cute as hell that's yeah. cute as hell but uh, so like I, I think what really like the music is wonderful I love this uh, I just looked up you know is this on vinyl? I'm going to order both you and me. Uh, this on vinyl. It comes out. It's a pre-order, so you'll have to wait till June. But I got us, dude. Well, thank you. Um, but the music's wonderful. But like I've seen really good music. Yeah. In musicals that suck. What really sells it to me is that, and uh, similar to my favorite movie ever, is Inside Lewin Davis. And I think what this and that movie really hammer home is like, I feel like this is what it's like to be an artist. Like whether you're successful or not, it doesn't matter that Jonathan Larson ended up writing a really successful musical. Um, it just, that failure is so innate to the prog process that like, and it's, I don't even feel like that's a, that's an artist thing. It no. just so happens. That's what he's talking about. It, that can be anything. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's just like, it feels so. And this is when, uh, if we are ever to talk about uh, being inclusive in casting and all that kind of stuff, if I feel this way about seeing like art, like it, imagine how anybody feels just about being themselves. So like, I love it. And like, that's what really like when I went from a like, oh, God, this 30, 90 song fucking slaps. And that, that comes from the get go. So I don't even know if the movie's going to be good at that point. Yeah. And then the story is just like, Oh fuck, this is so good. That song, um, the over and over. Yeah. Um, why? I, I mean, like, Every song on here, there's only like one song on here that I like just wasn't super into, and that's Swimming. Yeah. Um, and it's not even bad, but it, it just kind of feels like in between, but like Come to Your Senses, Louder Than Words. Uh, Real Life. Real yeah. Life was his friend's song whenever he like figured out his diagnosis. 
everything's good on here except for swimming yeah. um and then and then why i mean it's just like there's yeah. just there's so much and like they got rockets in their pockets <laughs> i mean it's 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 so fucking it's like mm. every song is incredible every song is performed well and it it, it 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 truly is like i mean it's it's a snapshot of jonathan larson's life yeah and it's it's so beautiful to see um because his life was so inspiring and so tragic and and after after this knowing rent as well as i do it's like this just hits so so much harder i think i cried twice in this movie yeah and like not like a sobbing but as in like a like fuck that that's really like that hits home and then is also like just super sad um but yeah i absolutely love this movie and then the last thing i want to say i could talk about this movie all day um but the last thing i will say about it is that um just this is once again not everyone's like this but like i have such a fetish fetishization of new york city that like this movie like definitely added that i was like yeah dude i would love to be a bohemian living in new york city (laughs) like i would love that like this really like this movie was the first of these three movies that i watched uh and like it made me so excited for musicals as a whole uh i was like oh this is what a movie musical could be yeah taking something that like we don't really have a great uh you know way of watching and actually making like a definitive version of it yeah and like actually understanding like hey here's what the two mediums are and then like what can we benefit from that and what are we losing from that and just accept that and don't try there yeah i think it's just done so well i'll say i'll say a couple things because uh the the sunday going back to that that song and then another one is in the workshop scenes but those two like those two moments were filled with musical theater cameos yeah. and it was so fun like 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 not only are we saying this this is like emotional and like so well performed but i i pulled up the list of the cameos you can pull them up but the list is so fucking long like it is well, psycho let's just talk about the one most important cameo at the end. oh at the end right at okay yeah so then so then so stephen Han- sondheim as we said was kind of his loose mentor and like in real life that was an actual thing like yeah uh, he wrote him uh, uh, Jonathan Larson apparently wrote a um, letter to him in college, and from then on till Jonathan Larson's death, uh, they well, were really good friends. Well, and so like he like the very beginning when he's in that workshop and Stephen Sondheim's there, and the other person like is like shitting on Jonathan Larson's song, yeah, and then Stephen Sondheim's like kind of liked it the guy's yeah. like yeah it, it was good it was yeah. good um and so then he invites steven sondheim to come to this uh preview for this one musical he's working on and uh uh he like shows up kind of late is in the background and then he calls him and leaves him a voicemail now there was an actor bradley whitford played steven sondheim in the movie uh but the voicemail at the end was steven sondheim's actual voicemail he left for jonathan larson and apparently what had happened is that bradley whitfield had recorded like there was an original uh voicemail that they recorded Uh with bradley whitfield the actor yeah and stephen sondheim like lin-manuel was like hey here's uh the movie and stephen sondheim said i don't think i would have said that i don't think i would have said that and so they lin-manuel was like okay uh what would you have said and they kind of like worked it out they tried to get bradley whitfield and he couldn't because he was too busy yeah uh which shocking that you can't like get to a studio for an hour but whatever um but then stephen sondheim was like oh well i'll do it yeah and then he fucking did it yeah that's so that's such a cool and you don't notice that but as soon as you find that out you're like wow that's really powerful 
and that like that is likely one of the last things Stephen Sondheim like, ever is in. did. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and and the final thing I'll say about this is that um, and this is probably controversial, but it is my favorite thing Lin Manuel has ever done. Absolutely, I'm uh, with you there, and I love Han- Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, and Heights was really good. I love Hamilton. This is better. This is my favorite it's thing he's so ever done. Shocking. Yeah, and like I, that's not to take anything away from Hamilton. That just to me is how good this is. And I know it's particularly particularly controversial to say that now with like all the Disney shit he's doing that everybody loves. But like this is his best work. I don't even consider like I don't even think of Moana. I don't think of that stuff when I think of Lin Manuel. I only think of his stage stuff and like Moana and all that stuff. Like, but he did he, he did yeah. in, in, in Canto too, right? Yeah, he, like yeah, good like, for you. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not taking that away, but like I just don't like whenever I think of his resume, I just like for some reason can only think of these things yeah. and like. I think it's the better for it because I think like these are the things at the end of the day, like those movies do really well and they're really important for certain people uh, and will live on uh, for those communities. But at the end of the day, what will Lin-Manuel be remembered for? It's going to be this stuff. Yeah, this is, this is it. And I, and I hope, I hope he continues to do this and I hope this is what, what he wants to do is this. Yeah. Um, his writing is great, but this, this was like, I mean, he's someone who understands the medium better than most. I mean, going back to like West Side Story, Steven Spielberg captured the, the film thing so well, but I, I was hesitant. And, and I think one of the biggest problems, like I said about Dear Evan Hansen was Steven Chubsky. He's not, he's not someone, he, he's directing a, a, a sad musical and he thinks that he gets it, but he doesn't get it. Yeah. And Lin-Manuel understands the medium backwards and forwards. He understands Jonathan Larson backwards and forwards. I mean, it's, it's truly incredible. The care that is put into this movie is just insane. And there are so many behind the scene things where they talk about, oh, this is like, I talked with Jonathan's girlfriend and like yeah. asked Jonathan like, or asked her like, hey, what sucked about him? Yeah. Like the little things that people wouldn't think of. And they, they had all this archive footage. They had all this stuff. There are so many things on Netflix or sorry, not on Netflix, on YouTube of these like behind the scenes that like I've just, I eat, eat it up every time they put it. Yeah. It's so good. It's, yeah. Ugh. So how many burrows out of five would you give this? <laughs> I'll go first. Five. It's five. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's five. it's five. Wow. Um, I can't wait to watch this again. I'm glad we ended with this because I yeah. like, I felt so positively about the medium yeah. once I watched this. It's uh, it's, it's so it, good. absolutely incredible. Um, I I think I, 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 here's a question overall. Would you suggest all three of these to anybody who is like like? Would you? I you obviously would suggest Tick Tick Boom, but would you suggest West Side Story and Dear Evan Hansen for people to watch? I would not suggest Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, West Side Story, I would suggest it if you've already watched like Tick Tick Boom and have said like, yeah, I'm into this, Stoked and I would be done. like, okay. That is like one of the best examples. This is actually what it's normally like. So like, (laughs) and not that that's a bad thing, but like just allowing them to see like, oh, this is what it's normally like. So like, if you like both, like go, you're all in. Like go for it. Yeah, yeah, mom. If you're listening, go listen. Go watch West Side Story. I would suggest. I would. I would pretty much suggest. I would suggest all three to people. But I think the important thing to note is that Dear Evan Hansen. Like you have to go into Dear Evan Hansen knowing that it's like, like perks of being Wallflower the musical. I mean, it's like it's it's this guy trying to just make this shit as sad as possible, and like he's taking away parts of the things that are that made it what it was. By the way, I don't. I don't know if we hammered home the point, but like this tick tick boom is a much sadder real oh yeah. story than Dear Evan Hansen, 
but this movie is so fun. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are a handful of parts that make you feel really sad and might make you cry, but that's not the point of this movie. Yeah. Whereas Dear Evan Hansen is like, we want Oscars, please. Yeah, yeah. Please give me Oscars. And, and they get none. They get none. They get none. All right. Uh, so cool well yes so that that that's those three movie musicals um i'm sure we'll come back and do more as more come out um i just got to convince you to watch come from away oh i I, I actually was almost watched it last night for this yeah just we could have done it but but west side story just kind of wore me out um (laughs) i really like that movie but it is long yeah um so thank you guys so much we'll 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 do we'll do these more we really appreciate you listening and go enjoy movie musicals they have a lot to offer um thanks for joining us on this bonus episode bonus uh if you haven't already please uh follow or subscribe whatever podcast app you are using you can follow us on social media dfda podcast on instagram don't feed the artists on facebook um and uh yeah that's all that's all i'm gonna say um fuck 2022 you're turning 30 22 <laughs> there you go there it is perfect that's for hagen i'm hitting the space bar <laughs>